Gospel of Matthew, the chapter 13, turning to the verse 24, please. I would like to speak to you this evening on the parable of the wheat and the tares. The parable of the wheat and the tares. And we're turning to the Gospel of Matthew, and the chapter 13, and the verse 24. This is the word of the Lord. It reads another parable to he, that is the Lord Jesus, forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, men appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then have it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. In the same time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Come with me then to verse 36. Verse 36, just a few verses below that. We find the Lord Jesus. He has entered into a house with his disciples on their own. And the disciples ask what the meaning of this parable is. And in verse 36 we read, Then Jesus sent the multitude away, went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto this this parable of the tares of the field. What does it mean, they're saying? And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. When I was a little boy, every night before I would go to sleep, quite often one of my parents, my mum or my dad, would come and they would read me a bedtime story. And there was nothing, there's nothing that has more power to capture our attention than a captivating story. And quite often in Scripture, the Lord Jesus would have given illustrations or told stories or parables, and these parables would have seemed like an everyday story, but they held a heavenly meaning that must be applied to your life and to mine. And what a powerful preacher the Lord Jesus was. You know, he was a preacher who used a lot of illustrations. The Bible tells us that he wanted ordinary people to understand his teaching. He didn't just preach to those who were high and mighty. His message was for all. He appealed to the normal man, the normal woman, the normal boy, and the normal girl. And this tells me that whoever you are in the meeting this evening, this message is for you. 
He preached in such a way that all could understand what he said and that when they listened carefully to his message. How wonderful it must have been to sit and to listen to the Lord Jesus teaching. You know, in the verses leading up to the passage that we've read this evening, we're told that the Lord Jesus and his disciples, they were at the shore, and a big crowd had come to listen to the Lord Jesus, and so big was the crowd that the Lord Jesus and the disciples, they took him onto the boat, and they took him just off the shore, so that all the people on the shore could hear the Lord Jesus teaching. What a great teacher he was. And as the Savior preached in that boat, he preached another parable, We've read that illustrated story this evening. It's the parable of the wheat and the tares. It's a story about harvesting wheat. Here we are in Harvest Sunday 2022, and the Lord Jesus has something to say about harvest. I wonder will you have ears to hear what he has to say to you this evening. These aren't my words. These are the Savior's words. And he wants to speak to you this evening. I wonder when you listen. You know, one day the disciples were sitting and the Lord Jesus, he took a little child and he set the little child in front of them and the Lord asked this question. He said, who will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And the disciples and all the people who were present and who were listening, they, they wondered who would be the greatest and they were thinking, what answer would the Lord Jesus get? This is what he said. He said, except ye be converted, and become as a little child, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. What Christ was saying in this occasion was this. He was speaking of the necessity of faith in the finished work on the cross of Calvary, but he was also speaking about simplicity of faith. Really what Christ was teaching here, and what he teaches each of us this evening, is that the gospel is a simple message. We have offended a holy God. And we need to set our pride aside this evening and let it go and accept that we've offended this holy God. And at best, we're sinners. That's me. I'm a sinner. That's you. You're a sinner. And we are in great need of childlike faith in the cross work of Calvary. And until you see that, until you realize that you're in great need of a Savior, that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, you're on your way to a Christless eternity. On the road to no hope. And you can see here Christ in his answer, he explains that the only hope for sinners is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Except he be converted and become as little children. You need to be changed tonight, dear friend. You need to be converted. Your life has got to change. You need to become a new creation. Except a man be born again, converted, changed. He cannot see the kingdom of God. You see, the simplicity of faith is this. You need to take God at his word. And what a wonderful thing it is just to take God at his word. Now we've read a parable tonight. In this parable, the Lord tells us about a man who went out and he sowed good seed in his field. And an enemy came along and he planted tares among the wheat. And very quickly, the servants who were looking after the field, they realized that something was wrong as the wheat began to grow. So too did the tares, and a decision needed to be made. And there were tares there, and they were intertwined amongst the wheat. And they went to their master, and they said, Did you sow good seed? And the master replied, Yes, it did grow so good seed, and an enemy must have done this. An enemy must have sowed the tares. 
The servants ask the question, will, will we pluck them up and will we get rid of the tares and gather them? And the master says, no, don't touch them. Because the master realizes that both need to grow until harvest time. Because if he pulled up the tares, that would have, would have meant that the wheat would have been torn up with it and there wouldn't have been a harvest at all. In the Bible we're told that later on the Lord Jesus and his disciples went into the house as we've mentioned already and the disciples asked the Lord Jesus to explain exactly what this parable meant. And so the Lord Jesus explains to them the meaning and I want us to understand this parable this evening too. The Lord Jesus illustrates in this story how the devil is seeking to destroy the work of God. The devil does it in this instance, by placing false Christians, by placing counterfeit Christians among the real Christians to stir trouble and to destroy God's work. And the devil seeks to use these people to paralyze the church and hinder the work of God. You see, once you're saved, you're always saved. You can't uproot the way. So instead, the devil sows tares among the seed. He plants these counterfeits to impede the progress. So here's the warning here. Dear friend, you can talk the language. You can look like a child of God. But never really have been seen. You know, that terrifies me. That there's some who think they're on their way to heaven and they're not. The scary thing is today that there's many church leaders who are unsaved running different churches. Sunday school teachers, unsaved youth leaders, and the less people walk. And they're riddled throughout the visible church across our world today, and they're tears. These are people who are hindering the work of God. But there's good news tonight in this passage. You see, God's still on the throne. And there's eternal gain in this passage tonight. If you listen to its message carefully, I want you to notice a number of things. I want you to personally notice this. I want you to notice the faithful soul. There's a faithful sower in Bible times, this picture of a man going out to sow the good seed in his field would have been well understood. You see, in those days, your wealth would have been known in the land that you owned. And when the man went out to sow the seed in his land, he was investing in his field. And he wants to make good profit from his seed that he sows, therefore he gives his best. And so the master, he invests in his field, and he's investing in the harvest of the field. And when the Lord began to explain this parable to the disciples in the house, he explained to them that the sower, this farmer, that this master, is the Son of Man. And the Son of Man is just another title for the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this parable, the Lord Jesus is the one who sows the good seed. But even more than that, he owns the field. The Bible tells us that the field represents the world. And no matter what people tell you in today's society, you hear people saying things like it's our world. That's not true. The earth and the world belongs to the Lord. The psalmist says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. The devil, he is the prince of the power of the air. But the field, the work, belongs to the Lord. In John chapter 1 verse 3, we're told that all things were created by him. Colossians 1 verse 16 says, For by him were all things created, all things were created by him and for him. You know, sinful men and women, politicians and many others believe that this world belongs to us. They believe that they can do whatever they like. 
And he passed laws that break the heart of God. And in these days, and in these days, they're promoting more and more sin. And they think that they own the planet, but let me make it clear from this pulpit this evening that the earth is the Lord's. It belongs to him. And here's what's happening in God's world today. The Lord Jesus has paid the price for your sin. And God's servants are responsible for preaching and teaching the gospel. That without Christ, you're on your way to a lost eternity. Christ died on the cross of Calvary. He shed his precious blood for you. He's the perfect one who loved you so much that he bore your punishment and your wrath at the cross of Calvary. We've offended a holy God. And, and we've offended him in the way that we live. And the things that we say, the things we have done, we're guilty. Every single one of us, from preacher right to the bottom of you, every single one of us are guilty. We've offended the Holy God. But the good news tonight that we find in Scripture is there's a remedy for sin. For the Bible tells me that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, through his servants, the Lord continues to plant the seed of the gospel. And he's reaping our hearts. I wonder do you know that. Even with all that's going on in this sinful world, the Lord's calling out a people unto himself. And if you're saved here tonight, you're part of that people. We're part of the Savior's harvest. And the farmers have been busy over the past number of months harvesting their crops. And the saved who are gathered in tonight, we're part of the great harvest of salvation. But I wonder, are all of us in this place tonight part of that harvest? You see, the seed that is sown is God's work, and the seed is planted in people's hearts. And those who trust in the finished work of Calvary have received the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I wonder, is the seed of the gospel found a place in your heart? I wonder, is the seed of the gospel found a place in your soul? I wonder, are you sure of heaven? Could it be tonight that the seed finds rest in your soul for the very first time? And do you know that seed that will continue to be sown until this world comes to an end? I wonder, do you know that one day this world will come to an end? You see, the great creator of this world has told us that this world is coming to an end. The Bible tells us that in heaven one day, there will be people from every nation, tribe, and tongue, but they'll be only people who have placed their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, where the seed is found root in their hearts. Let me tell you something about our world tonight. See, in Brazil, there's people who know and love the Lord. In Peru, there's people who know and love the Lord. In America, there's people who know and love the Lord. In France, there's people who know and love the Lord. Even in countries where Christianity is oppressed, even where it's illegal. In North Korea, there's people who know and love the Lord. In China, there's people who know and love the Lord. And let me tell you, in the UK and Ireland, there's people who know and love the Lord. And the seed is finding rest and peace all across our world. And one day, there's going to be a great harvest. You see, God, he faithfully sows his word in people's hearts. And he has promised his word doesn't return on him void or anything. He's building his church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I wonder, can you see the faithful sword? I want you to notice, secondly, the fallen spoiler. The fallen spoiler. I wonder, can you see it in verse 25 of our passage tonight? It tells us this in verse 25. It says, it says there, it tells us, The wild man slept, his enemy came 
and sold the king. This fallen spoiler is the son of man's enemy. This is the enemy of souls. This is the enemy of your soul, dear friend. The great deceiver is Satan himself. And he would seek to snatch away the seed of God's word from your heart tonight. You see, we aren't left to make our own interpretation of the Saviour's parable tonight because he explains to us exactly who the enemy is. He explains to us exactly who the tares were. At the end of verse 38, we read this, the tares are the children of the wicked one and the enemy that sold them is the devil. You remember how Adam and Eve were there in the garden at the very beginning? They were given everything that was good and perfect. They had, a per they had perfect fellowship with God. Then the devil, Satan, came, the deceiver, and he ruined the perfect fellowship of God. You see, he's the fallen spoiler. He tried to ascend and be above God, and he was cast out of heaven itself. And Satan is still going about today, and he is your enemy, the devil. And he's your enemy, my unsaved friend, because he will want to keep you from a relationship with God. And he'll distract you in every way he can. He'll give you all kinds of excuses as to why you don't need to turn to God and he'll walk you right into a lost eternity. Let me tell you something. Don't look to other Christians to compare your life with them. Yes. Because if you're an unsaved person and you're looking at other Christians, will only disappoint you. Let your eyes above Christians. Look to Christ. He's the picture of perfection. He's the only one who can save you from your sin. Don't make excuses. You see, the devil will just walk you straight into the darkened regions of a lost sinner's hell. You know, hell is the absence of God forever. There's no air in hell because God is the breath of life. There's no peace in hell because God is the Prince of the air, or the Prince of Peace. There's no comfort in hell because God is the great comfort. There's no love in hell. Because God is love. Hell is God. Because God is love. So the devil seeks to destroy the good harvest in the field. He sows the tares among the wheat. And he's still doing that today. The devil tries to sow into the heart of the church. And he does this by placing counterfeit Christians among the church. And he ensures that false gospel is proclaimed. And his purpose is only to kill and destroy. And he does it in the night because he loves the darkness. He comes in the night while the servants are sleeping. And he does his work in the passage, he tells us. And then he just goes away. Don't let the devil snatch the gospel seed from your soul this evening. See, there's the fallen spoiler, there's the faithful sword. The Lord is sowing his faithful in the gospel message. Then there's the fallen spoiler. But I want you to also see the foolish servants. The foolish servants. You see, the servants are foolish because they're responsible for looking after the field. And they're meant to be tending it and, and watering it. And yet they feel in their duties and they fall asleep. And it's while the servants are asleep and not protecting the field that that the, the tares are sown. You know, there's a message in this passage for the child of God, for the believer this evening. You see, sadly today, there are many children of God and spiritually they're asleep. And they've lost their appetite for seeing soul seed. And they're worrying about this and that. And they're worrying about things that just don't matter when it comes to eternity. I wonder, dear believer, this evening, 
Where do you find sleeping just like these servants? I wonder if you just spent the foot of servant. You know, God has given you an opportunity to look after the field. I wonder if you sowing seeds for the harvest. Work colleagues, family members. Do you ever open your mouth for Christ? Do you ever invite them to come and hear God's word in this house? Dear believer, can we don't be like the full servants? Don't lose the vision. Don't lose your burden for souls. The day is far spent. And sometime soon the opportunity to reach lost souls will be over. And let me tell you something. It's only good news if it gets there on time. The faithful sower, the fallen spoiler, the foolish servants, but I want you to also see the frustrating situation. <coughs> the frustrating situation. There's a situation here and it's very frustrating because in verse 27 we read, So the servants of the householder came to him and said, Sir, did you, did you sow good seed in the field? And from, from where have the tares come? Where have they appeared? And the master returns to them and says, An enemy has done this. And the servants turn and say, Well, we'll go and gather them all up. And he says, No, lest you gather up the tares along with the wheat. And it's a frustrating situation because it wasn't noticed until the wheat and the tares began to grow. And that's when the servants recognized that they had a problem and it was a very frustrating situation. You see, the tares are what the farmers would call today wild corn. And wild corn is slightly poisonous. And when the tares are eaten, uh, they would cause dizziness and nausea. And the roots of the tares would become intertwined with the roots of the wheat. And at first they would both grow together, and for a period of time they wouldn't look any different. They just looked the same. Maybe you remember the story that the Lord Jesus told about the ten virgins at the wedding. And we're told that there were five of them who were wise, and five of them who were foolish, and every single one of them had a lamb. Each of them had their lamb. So they made a profession of thief. But only five had oil in their lamp. What does oil speak of? Well, it speaks of those who had the Spirit of God dwelling within them. Real salvation. They were born of the Spirit of God. They were truly the Lord's people. And as all ten of them waited for the bridegroom to come, they slept. But when the strike came at midnight, only five of them were ready because they had oil in their lamps. Five of them had their lamps, but no oil. They had a profession but no inward possession. Many shall say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, they'll have the language. But the Lord will say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. You see, when we think of our field and the tares, they may have looked like the wheat at first, but in the end they were found out for what they were. Let me tell you, if you're someone who's just playing church stuff, because one day you'll be found out for what you really are. And I pray that it's not eternity. See, there was a problem when the servant, they say to their master, what will we do? And the master says to them, leave it until the end. Let them all grow together. And in the end they'll be sorted, they'll be found out. So in this parable we see the faithful sower, we see the fallen spoiler, we see the foolish servants, we see the frustrating situation, but finally I want you to see the final separation. 
the final separation. Here's what you've got to remember. Harvest day will come. Look at verse 30. It says, Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. There's a great harvest day for souls coming. And it could happen any day. Listen, this harvest will happen when this world ends. And the Lord Jesus tells us in verse 39, He says, the harvest is the end of the world. There's coming a day for those who have rejected the lovely message of the Bible, that you can be saved from sin, that you can have a home in heaven. There's a day coming for those who have rejected the cross work of Christ, and you'll be bundled together, and you'll be cast into the furnace of hell. And the Savior tells us in our passage this evening that there'll be great wailing and gnashing of teeth. You may say to me tonight, Peter, that's far-fetched. What you're saying is nonsense. That could never happen. Well, let me tell you something about the Bible so far. Every single thing that's been prophesied has happened. Every single thing. There's still prophecies yet to be fulfilled and a day yet to come. Let me tell you, this is absolutely true, what I'm telling you tonight. Let me tell you, you'll certainly know the truth of it one millisecond after you die. Someday God's patience will weary to your breath. And those souls who didn't prepare for eternity will be cast into the place where the worm never dies. And I pray that this will never happen to anyone in this room tonight. You see, you've heard God's word tonight. You've heard of the cross work of Christ. He died. Maybe even the evening as we draw the meeting to a close, you can hear his voice speaking with you. Maybe the Spirit of God is striving with you. Will you not accept that you're a sinner? And the simple childlike faith place your trust in him to save you from a lost eternity. Can you see what happens to the weak? It's gathered safely in the bar. It isn't burnt up. It's safe. Is your soul ready to be harvested into the barn tonight? I want to tell you something. God is here tonight. He's promised that when his people gather, he'll be present. And Jesus is passing this way. I wonder this evening, even where you are, okay, will you get your life right with Christ? And ensure that when this great harvest day of souls happens, that you'll be safe in heaven for all eternity.